Good morning, good morning saints. So great to be with you this morning. We have an awesome uh, Christmas market um, as you walk out this morning. You may, have, uh, you may have noticed as you come in that there's some awesomely decorated tables with some goodies uh, that you can uh, browse and buy and support. So we ask you to please take a look on your way out and, uh, and help support our entrepreneurs. It's good, um, it's good for us to support family. Amen. Awesome, awesome pleasure for me to be with you this morning, and, uh, and I, I'm going to be uh, taking us one step further on a journey that we've been embarking on, uh, which is uh, unpacking the names of God, um, and it's been an amazing journey, and, uh, and, and we started uh, looking at, uh, at uh, El Roy, uh, the, God, the God who sees me, uh, the God who knows me, sees my innermost parts, uh, knows my weaknesses, and, and has pre-chosen to love me. Isn't that awesome? We, we looked last week at Jehovah Shalom, uh, the God who is our peace, and we looked at, uh, at the story of Gideon and how Gideon had to come to a place of realization that peace is not the absence of turmoil, but that in turmoil, in, co- in conflict, in oppression, even in war, uh, that we can tap into a higher reality and that we can experience peace, though, though there seems to be turmoil around us. And, uh, and today, we're going to look at, uh, at Jehovah Jireh, God who is our provider. Uh, the God, God is our provider, that he will provide for us, that he has provided for us, and that he himself is the provision. I heard a story about a, a, a lady who, who, who took her new, a new, brand, new, brand new fiance to meet her parents. And, uh, and, and they had dinner and it was, it was wonderful. And after dinner, uh, her mom uh, lo- looks at the dad and suggests, why don't you take this young man aside and get to know him a little bit more? And, uh, and so they, they go, off to, go off to the study and, uh, and the father starts interviewing him. So, so what is it that you do? So, so the young man says, well, I'm a scholar, sir. Um, I study. And, uh, and, and, uh, and the father you know, raises one eyebrow and says, okay, so, uh, so how do you plan to, to provide for my daughter? How are you going to buy her an awesome engagement ring? I want you to have a really nice engagement ring. And the, and the young man says, well, sir, I'm going to study really hard and the Lord will provide. And, uh, and, and the father thinks about it a little bit more and he says, hmm, okay, uh, so, so tell me where you plan to live. How do, you pro- how do you plan to provide a nice, comfortable house for my daughter to live in? And the young man says, sir, I plan to be excellent in my studies and the Lord will provide. And, 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 he, and the father thinks about it a little bit more and he says, so, so, so I'm assuming you guys are going to want to have children. How do you plan to provide a, a great future for my grandchildren? The young man says, sir, uh, in, in, I'm, I'm going to study and I'm going to apply myself to my studies and the Lord will provide. And, and that was the end of the interview and off they go. And, and, and so the mother pulls the, 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 the father aside and says, okay, so, so what kind of a guy is he? Tell me about it. He says, well, uh, he, uh, he's an interesting guy. Uh, he's got some interesting plans and he thinks I'm God. (laughs) 
I, I hope I hope that uh, that this journey unpacking the names of God has been meaningful to you. Uh, that uh, that you're growing as you as you interact with God in these ways, and that you're growing uh, by revelation. That as God reveals Himself to you, uh, that you continue to grow. Now, revelation comes by experience. Each and every one of these people that we look at who had an aha moment, who had that moment of realization and going, this is who I declare God to be because I've seen his, him outworking this revelation in my life. That revelation didn't come because that person was walking down the street one day and suddenly had a thought. Didn't wake up one day and realize, whoa, God, Jehovah Shalom. No, there was an experience and a journey that backed up that revelation. And I'm trusting that God will take you or is taking you on a journey of realization, a journey of revelation as you unpack who he is and how he has revealed himself to us through his word. And so we're going to look at the story of Abraham through Genesis 22. And just looking at how God revealed himself to Abraham and what Abraham declared about God at the end of that revelation. And so, and so if you'll turn with me uh, to, to, to Genesis uh, chapter 22, and it is my hope that as we, as we track together this morning, that you will receive revelation of who God is in the context of provision. By looking at how you provided for Abraham, but not just how you provided for Abraham, but gaining the, re- the, the conviction or the revelation that, that provision really is a holistic affair. He didn't provide for Abraham. He didn't show up right at the end to provide for Abraham. That, that right at the beginning, God was already beginning to provide. And so, it is always my preference that, um, uh, that, that you read the, your own Bible, that you read your own Bible app, whatever it is that you'll be reading through the week. But, um, but we have put the, the scripture up here for, for the less compliant. <laughs> so, so, verse 1 says, Now it came to pass... After these things, the God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then, on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son 
and he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens and as the sand which is on the seashore. Your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Amen. Awesome story that we read about Abraham and the journey that God took Abraham on. And in the time that we have together, there's three aspects of provision that I want us to look at. Specifically, that God provided for Abraham by creating a situation right at the beginning. God provided for Abraham in the silence that would follow. And that God provided for Abraham through solution. So God provides for us but not because we find ourselves in a difficult situation and we start to cry out to him. God is already in the provision at the beginning. So in the story of Abraham, we read, I love these words that it starts with. It says, after these things. Now, I might have shared this with you before that one of the key tools that I use when it comes to Bible study is a very special tool that I gleaned while 
on a 21-day meditation and fast. No, no, it wasn't that. It was... I should have just gone with it. You guys were with me. I was... <laughs> the man, this guy's profound. No. It's a very special skill I like to call logic. Logic when reading our Bibles. Verse 1 says this, after these things, after which things? This tells me that if I keep reading, there's an entire context that I'm missing out on. I fail to understand how they arrived at this point. After these things tells me that what comes before this is potentially more important than what's about to be said. And if I don't take into consideration what comes before, then I might fall into the trap of thinking that God shows up to people all of a sudden and things just happen. Not understanding that there's work that goes into that moment. So when God meets Abraham or calls Abraham, Abraham is in a place called Ur of the Chaldeans. That is his homeland. Calls him out of this place. He and his family leave this place and they end up in a place called Haran. And Abraham's father dies in this land, Haran. And Abraham takes, nephew, uh, takes Lot, his nephew, and they move to Canaan. This is the land that God had called him to enter into. So by the time we meet Abraham, Abraham has had at least one revelation about following God. And that is that it can be costly. At least one. So far, it has cost Abraham parting with his homeland, all that he knows. Moving with his family and entering into Haran. His father dying there. And then Abraham had to part with his father's household and take only Lot, his nephew, to go further into the land that God had originally called them into. And then when they'd enter that land, whew, we have arrived in the land of promise. Guess what happens? There is a drought. So Abraham has to part with what he thinks is God's call for him and enter into Egypt. The Bible tells us that when they come out of Egypt, he comes out with great wealth, great riches, servants, animals, money. He's better, he's better going out than when he went in. I love... I love, um, I love Abraham's school of Mac, if you ever wanted to learn to... Here's Abraham talking to his wife. Darling, you're so beautiful. You're so hot. In fact, you know how hot you are? You're so hot. When we get to, when we get to Egypt, all those men are going to want you. They're going to think I'm so lucky. They're going to want to kill me. So here's what we're going to do. You tell them I'm your brother. And if they hand you over to the king, you go with it. Just, just roll with it. Just keep... Because it's better for you that I live and I survive. And Sarah's so taken. She goes, yes. <laughs> no, I don't think that's exactly how it played out. But in coming out of Egypt, because of, the, of all those shenanigans, uh, Pharaoh gives them a whole bunch of stuff and says, here, here's a whole bunch of wealth. Leave. And, uh, and, and they come out. And so there was a plan that God had there. And one of the people that they leave with is a maidservant named Hagar, the Egyptian, who might sound familiar right? Because she's actually part of God's plan for the next stepping stone. 
So the next thing that Abraham has to part with is his son, Ishmael. And just before that, he, 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 he had to part with, 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 with Lot, his nephew. So Abraham has had to part with a lot. <laughs> but every parting, catch this, every parting was a promotion. Every parting set him up and brought him closer to a pivotal moment. You see, when we look at this, we see, we see difficulty. We go, jeepers, that's a hard life. You have to keep parting with thing after thing after thing after thing. And then you get to a point where you've parted with almost everything. And then God comes and says, now I want you to part with your son. Not only that, I want you to go ahead and kill your son. We look at that and we go, man, that is a difficult lot. But if we look at this scenario from God's perspective, how he has taught Abraham to trust him and to follow him and to release things that he thought he would rely on, release things that he he thought were the source of his sustenance, release things that he thought were the source of his identity, release the things that he he thought were the source of value, and come to a point where now all he's left with is the son in whom he's invested everything because this is the one who's going to take forward my legacy. And God comes to him and says, give this up. We see that as a test. But God is setting him up for the biggest promotion of his life. God is setting up the situation and God has created enough trust in Abraham to be able to now give him this pivotal moment. Right? Because if if God over here had said to Abraham, now just theoretically, God over here had said to Abraham, remember over here is Ur of the Chaldeans. You've been keeping up, right? Ur of the Chaldeans, Haran. Egypt, promised land. Over here, if God had said to him, part part with Isaac, or part with the one thing that you value the most, God had not created in Abraham enough character at this point to follow through. God had not created enough character and trust and faith in him at this point to follow through. But through many instances, Abraham has come to believe that if I will just let go of stuff and hold on to God, the outcome is usually quite pretty good. I seem to think that I keep losing, but I keep winning. I keep releasing stuff and I keep being increased. I keep giving away stuff and God keeps adding. To get to the point where now God is saying to him, I want you to give up your Isaac and, and Abraham is ready to go, yes sir. So this is a moment of trust that God has created. I wonder where you are on your journey this morning. Is God still bringing you out of those habitual places of sin that keep holding you back? Is he bringing you out of a reliance on material things and sources that, of identity that are not him? 
is he still causing you to let go, to untangle yourself from the kingdom that you have created for yourself and inviting you to step into reliance, full reliance on him? If you will just be faithful, which every step, there is a pivotal moment. There's a pivotal moment which feels painful because it feels like, Lord, I've given up a lot. Lord, my journey has not been easy. It has not been comfortable. I've had some painful instances. I've had some tragic happenings. And now I get here and I think I've made it. And you're asking me to give this up too? And God says, yes. And if you will just give that up, there is a plan. That is wonderful. And God will come through for you. God was setting him up for the biggest promotion of his life. So this was the situation. God sets up the situation. Abraham, I want you to go and to sacrifice your son. I love Abraham's response when God calls him. Abraham, here I am. Yes, sir. Present. What do you want me to do? Sometimes I've been guilty of not being present when the Lord comes to call on me. And the reason that I've been found absent when God comes to call on me is I have struggled. It has been a journey for me to get to believe in the goodness of God. Maybe I'm the only one this morning. Doubt it. But if we'll be honest... Where we struggle to believe in the goodness of... Now, I believe in other stuff, right? I believe in God's provision. I believe He's big. I believe, I believe there's heaven and hell. I believe all of this other stuff. But His goodness, I struggle to believe it. And, but I believe in my own goodness. I believe that, man, if I could just remain in control of my own life, I have my best interest at heart. I want a good outcome for me. So if I am in control, then I can engineer a good outcome. And typically what I mean is a comfortable outcome. But God, I'm not so sure what his agenda is. I'm not so sure what he's going to do when I hand over the reins. So I'm just going to hang on to one of them at least. So that if he starts to stray, I can pull back and I can go, no, here is the path that's best for me, Lord. But you see, my view is a very short-sighted view. My desire is a very carnal desire. I want that immediate gratification. So, so when my prayers are prayers that I want answered and answered preferably by the end of the sermon. <laughs> and my prayers benefit me. My desires, my will, my purposes have a large benefit for me. But God's plans for me are long-term. He holds the long view. They benefit my spirit. They benefit the people around me. And they glorify him. And if I'll just believe that God is a good God, then the outcomes of the situations that he controls are good. Have you ever, ever heard people share testimonies? And you're just like thinking, what? What kind of a relationship do you have with God that those are your testimonies? Lord, how come you never do anything for me like that? What am I missing? I want to tell you if you'll just apply 
this formula of being available when God comes to find you. Yes, sir, here I am. What do you need me to do, Lord? Being responsive when he gives you command. There are awesome testimonies at the end of that journey. You will see God come through for you in ways that you never imagined. Abraham could never have imagined that today he would still be impactful. His life would be a blessing to you and to me. But because he chose to trust in God, because he chose to see God as a provider, today Abraham still blesses my life. And through his story, I'm still drawn closer to Jesus. Remember where God has taken you from. Remember the incremental journey. Recognize how you're better off than when you started. It'll make it easier to give up things, to let go of things, to, look back, to turn your back on things that God is directing you out of. Because you recognize that what he's bringing you into is far greater. The situation that God engineered for Abraham was set. What would Abraham do? Now we have, we have the benefit of hindsight, right? So we can, we can read this whole story from, back to, from, uh, from start to finish and we know uh, how it ends and we know why God is doing what he's doing, etc. But, but Abraham is in the situation. All he knows is what he sees. And all he knows is thus far, thus far, the Lord has been good. He has called me to do stuff and I'm still breathing. So if he calls me to do some more, I'll do it. That's all he knows. That's his testimony. And so what does he do? Next morning, he gets up and he starts to make preparations. I love that the scriptures tell us that early in the morning, he rises up and he makes preparations. He doesn't rise up early to go and begin his 21-day fast to seek confirmation of the word that he's received. He doesn't go up, it doesn't wake up and go, good shot, it's Sunday morning. I'm going to go to church after church. I'm going to come up to the front. Pastor Greg is going to prophesy over me. He's going to give me some words of confirmation. Uh, he doesn't go, well, you know, time is the great revealer. I'm just going to let this one park and I'm going to see how it works out. And surely, if it's God, he will engineer the situation and he'll kind of force me into it. He doesn't do any of that. He obeys and he obeys immediately. He gets up in the morning and he goes about the business of obedience. The situation and the silence. Abraham gets up in the morning and, and he saddles his donkey and he goes and he chops the wood and he makes the preparations and he gathers the appropriate young men and he takes his son and off they go on this journey. He doesn't notice. He doesn't outsource the preparations. This is important for you to get because Abraham is fully present in the moment. He's making preparations for the sacrifice of his son and he doesn't go, this is too hard for me. You do it. You chop the wood. You prepare the donkeys. You let me know when it's time to go. I'll show up because maybe God can make me because he's bigger than me. I'm a little bit scared of him, so I'll show up, but it's not a hard compliance. I'll just be there. He doesn't do that. He prepares every, it costs him. He feels it, but he remains present. He doesn't dislodge. He doesn't disengage. 
when it's costly, some of us are guilty of disengaging. I may or may not go to church because I'm in a difficult spot. I may or may not read my Bible because I'm in a difficult situation. I may or may not walk in obedience because it's hard for me right now and I don't see the outcome. Because I still maintain control of my life. Abraham had surrendered completely to the point that when God asked him to do the thing that was most costly for him to do, he did it himself and remained present throughout. Are you willing to provide the wood for the sacrifice of your dreams? See, see, there are journeys that God calls us to walk. Abraham, Abraham rose early in the morning. While everybody else was still asleep, he had to rise up early in the morning. He didn't, he didn't say to his servants, if I have to get up, you have to get up. He rose up. He, it was his journey, his cost to pay, his obedience. He rose up early in the morning when everybody else was sleeping. He prepared. He put everybody together and he led them out. It's a lonely journey. Notice, if you will, that God doesn't speak in this journey. This journey is a silent journey. This journey is a journey of faith. This journey is a God spoke kind of journey. I am hanging on the fact that God spoke. Some of you find yourself in that situation this morning. Where you don't have anything. All you have is that God spoke. There was a day where God spoke. There was a dream that he gave. There was a word that he shared. He may not have said anything else since then, but I'm still on the journey. And that's all you have. There are, there are times, I want, to, I want to share confession with you. There are times when I would go to the Lord and go, Lord, can we talk about this woman that you gave me? Are you sure that she's the one? Are you sure that it's supposed to be this, this difficult? Are you sure? Surely, Lord, you might have made a mistake. You know what the Lord has said to me in those times? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> he spoke to me right at the beginning when I met her. He told me this is the one and he's never engaged me on that topic again. <laughs> it's settled. I'm the one who keeps going back and forth. Now, I, I should say those are momentary lapses in, 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 uh, in, in faith, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> But I love Abraham's faith, even in this moment, that he gets up, sorry, that, 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 that he says to his guys, they're going, uh, what, what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Uh, we're, we're on this journey, and, and, and it's three days long, and we're thinking, man, there's, 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 there's the wood, there's the fire, there's, uh, there's the knife. 
oh, where's the sacrifice? Uh, guys, are you seeing this? I'm not going to ask the, the boss. He's the boss. He knows what he's doing. I guess we're just going to follow along. Abraham's going, I hope they don't ask me anything. I hope they don't ask me anything. I don't, I don't have any answers. Please don't. I'm just going to keep a stern face and hope nobody engages me. Day one, day two, day three. On the third day, it says that he lifted his eyes and afar off, he saw the place that God was calling them to. This is not one of those journeys where you're happy to see the destination. It's not one of those journeys where you've, you've been tracking, trusting, going, and finally you see the destination. You go, oh, Jehovah Jireh, and you're running to the destination. Adam's, uh, Abraham's heart would have sunk knowing that he's getting p- closer to the place where he has to sacrifice his son, and there still isn't a solution. There still isn't an alternative. What does he do? What do you do when you've been trusting God, and you've been trusting God, and you've been trusting God, and still nothing is happening? Do you turn back? Abraham, do you take your servants, turn your donkey around, and go home, or do you press on? Abraham presses on. He he lifts his eyes, and he says to the guys, you guys stay here. We'll press on. Watch this faith faith declaration. I don't know exactly what's going to happen when we get there, but the lad and I will come back. I don't know if you caught that. God provides the situation. He's providing in the silence and through the solution. See, when they get there, God calls out to Abraham again. I love that, I love that the, the story of God's provision begins and ends with presence. Here I am. I'm still here. Abraham, where are you? I'm still here, Jesus. Where are you, Abraham? I was there, Lord, when we started this journey. I'm still here. Lord, I was there in the desert. It was difficult. And we, and, and we pressed on and I didn't know where we were going. I didn't know what your provision was, but I'm still here. Where are you, Abraham? Lord, I'm here on the mountain of sacrifice. I still don't know what the solution is, but I'm still here. I'm feeling pain. I'm feeling the pangs of loss. I'm not sure what I'm going to tell my boy. I'm not sure what I'm going to tell my wife when I get home. But Lord Jesus, as long as you're still calling, I am still here. He remains present through difficult journeys. Abraham lifts up his eyes. As he's about to to, to slaughter his son, the voice comes from heaven, don't do it. He lifts up his eyes and he sees the ram that's caught in the thicket. I love that he lifts up his eyes because he's lifted up his eyes before and it didn't work. He's lifted up his eyes before and all he saw was the place of his son's demise. Remember him walking in the desert and after three days, he lifts up his eyes. What does he see? The place of sacrifice. Man, why did I lift up my eyes? What do you do when you lift up your eyes and there's no solution in sight. Abraham lifted up his eyes again. I'm here to tell you saints, God has given you a dream. God has given you purpose. God has spoken over you and you may not see the solution as we sit here this morning. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes and when you don't see anything lift up your eyes some more. Abraham continued to lift up his eyes and when he lifted up his eyes the second time he saw the provision. There it was. It was right there. Provision was God's plan all along. Abraham keep lifting up your eyes. 
What has God called you to do? Keep lifting up your eyes. Where has God called you to go? Keep lifting up your eyes. Are you trusting God for resolution in your marriage? Keep lifting up your eyes. Are you trusting God for resolution in your business? Keep lifting up your eyes. Do you have relational difficulties? Are there places of sin that you just can't break out of? Abraham, lift your eyes. Provision is right there. What did God provide for Abraham exactly? Well, what, in the physical, it's obvious. He provided the lamb, the, the, the ram, for the sacrifice instead of Isaac. But you see, one of the things God was providing was he is creating a situation where Abraham could continue relationship with Isaac without Isaac being an idol to, 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 to Abraham's heart such that the relationship between Abraham and God had unimpeded intimacy. Can't repeat that one. Get the podcast. (laughs) Relationship was the plan all along. Relationship was the... It seemed difficult when he started his journey. And up until then, it seemed difficult. But unimpeded intimacy was the plan. Blessings was the plan. God wanted a conduit to bless Abraham. To pour out blessings on Abraham. And he set him up nicely to receive those blessings the plan that god provided also was a blueprint for the salvation of the world you see isaac was a a type of christ look at the similarities between isaac and christ isaac was given up by his father for sacrifice so was jesus Isaac left his company behind. Only he and his father drew near to the place of sacrifice. Remember what happened when Jesus drew near to the Garden of Gethsemane. He left his disciples behind and he drew only a few of them with him. And and the closer he got to the cross, not even those guys could go with him. Isaac carried the wood for the sacrifice on his shoulders. Jesus carried the cross to the place of sacrifice. Isaac willingly gave up his life in obedience to God. Jesus willingly gave his life in obedience to God. Now, the, the part about Isaac willingly giving up isn't stated in the Bible, but, but it's implied, right? So Abraham was a really old guy. Abraham was young. Uh, Isaac was young. He was stronger. It would have taken obedience for him to be bound up on the altar, you know? Uh, especially because he wasn't going to hang around when they, when they get to the mountain and Abraham's busy building the altar and he's going, just, just wait there, just, you know? You'll, you'll, you'll see just now what's going to happen, just... <laughs> no, he's <laughs> the altar for his sacrifice was built on Mount Moriah, which is the same location upon which the altar for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was built. That's where Jesus Christ was sacrificed. The salvation of the world was the plan all along. Sometimes, when we, tr- when we struggle to trust God in day one, we struggle to trust over here. If there, are, if there is no track record, if you're not already over here and you can look and you can go thus far, God has been faithful. If you're still over here, then look ahead. Look ahead and go. The outcome, the outcome is going to be beautiful. The outcome is going to be good. And I know that because I serve a good God. Shall we stand to our feet?
want to pray for those of you who find yourself in that journey, in that journey of pressing on. You've, you've, received, you've received a word from God and, and you're pressing on and you've got some of the provisions, but you don't have everything. Um, you don't have everything. God has called you to go. God has called you and, and, you're, and you're on the journey and you're not sure how exactly it's going to happen. And, like, and like, like Isaac, you're also confessing, here is the wood, here is the fire, here is the knife, where is the sacrifice? What are we going to offer you when we get there? God will provide. And if you're trusting for God's provision, will you just raise your hands as we receive from him this morning? Father, we trust you for, for provision. We trust you uh, for, for, for your guidance. We trust you for grace. We trust you that you will impart a, a vision on us uh, this, this morning that will not, it will not derail us. It will not cause us to step back, but it will cause us to press on and to keep pressing on. Father, we thank you that because you yourself are provision, when we have you, we have all that we need. We may feel we have some things, but we're lacking in some things. And Father, I pray that you'd bestow upon us that revelation this morning, that you, in you, all things are found. Father, that those who are still pressing on, that you give them the faith, the boldness, the conviction, the grace to keep pressing on. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.